Welcome to the Limitless Grit Podcast, where we have conversations with social entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and ordinary people who are achieving extraordinary results. And now, here is your host, Shristi Gajarel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Limitless Grit Podcast, where every single week I interview individuals who define the word courage and dare to live life in their own terms. In today's episode, I have none other than Sean Cannell. He's an entrepreneur who helps social influencers to crush it with their social media and their YouTube channels and everything. He has so many videos. And guys, you have to check this guy out. I'm going to put his YouTube and his Facebook information in my show notes. But he absolutely is incredible. Like, I learned so much from him while I was starting my podcast and his videos have really really helped me and also while editing my podcast I listened to it two or three times but this episode has inspired me every single time I have listened to it I mean he talks about his favorite book or how he went from you know making videos to his ministry to having such a big presence in social media and eventually starting a company that helps so many influencers make better content and add value and make an impact on this planet. I mean, this guy has so much nuggets of gold and I have been inspired every single time I've listened to this content while editing. So I hope you guys find this as useful as I have found it. And without further ado, Sean. Sean, welcome to the show. How's the day going? It's going great. Pumped to be on here. Let's get our limitless grit on. Woohoo! Um, so I've been watching your content for years and just started content creation a few months ago, and you've been an inspiration to me. And when I started this, doing this podcast, I went back to your first video. I went back to when you started in 2010, and you're someone I really look up to because you're so confident. Everything is so put together, and you know, it looks like you know what you're doing, but like going back to your content, I realized, wow, like you started somewhere as well. Like, I mean, it was like literally complete 180 change. So what did you do to get to where you are today? Yeah, you know, that's uh, a great observation. And I think that a lot of times what we'll do is we'll see people who are kind of in their middle or towards like the end or whatever their legacy when we're just beginning And I heard uh, someone say once, never compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. You know, there's always so much work Mm -hmm. that goes into the back end of everything. And um, yeah, that video from 2010 is terrible. I hope nobody else sees it, but it is on the internet. (laughs) And uh, but if it actually goes back even before that, you know, in 2003, I got into online video and I was volunteering in my youth ministry and the youth pastor handed me a video camera and Adobe Premiere, which I still edit on today. And he told me to start making video announcements um, every week. So those were terrible too. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but what was really cool was I started to get the practice of doing weekly content. And this was 2003, so this was before YouTube had even started. And so that was 52 videos a year. Then the lead pastor about a year later was like, hey, what if you do some video announcements on Sunday too? Now that's 104 videos a year. And again, before YouTube started, the first YouTube channel that I started to manage was 2007. And it was that church's, my church's YouTube channel. And then eventually I started a media business. And fast forward to today, I started working with um, other YouTubers, consulting, doing kind of small business and commercials. And then eventually kind of became a personal brand. And now our business and company helps people build their influence with online video because I've had this over 15 years of uh, you know experience in the trenches. And I kind of think about it that, sure, people are born with uh, some DNA and natural talent. Some of us are more mm-hmm. shy. Some of us are more outgoing. But I, I really don't think I had a, a lot going for me. I think what happened is I added up today. I've uploaded over 2,000 videos online. Wow. Not just my own, but like for other people. And I kind of think about it like Michael Jordan. Sure, he was born Um, or any star athlete, sure, they were born with some level of talent, but they had to go to the gym and work like day after day, week after week, not glamorous, shooting three foot throws, missing them and working on their craft. And so uh, a lot of times I like to encourage people, you know, you just kind of got to do it. And some people want to start video. And I say, get your first 10 videos done and then get your first 100 videos done. And then after 100, now you're like, all right, I kind of am getting my voice. I'm kind of getting, you know, a little bit of, uh, of my flow. But yeah, it's definitely been a process. 
So you put in your 10,000 hours. Yeah, and actually I think I put in about 30,000 hours. I love that reference. Uh, but I started thinking about whether it was editing video, shooting video, writing scripts, researching cameras, buying cameras, breaking cameras, you know, mm -hmm. like so many things. Uh, I think, I think uh, 10,000 hours only takes five years um, <laughs> if you work a 40-hour week. And so a lot of times I was doing this on the side too. I had other jobs. And some weeks might have been, you know, 50, 60 because I love it. Mm -hmm. I, I, and today I get to do what I love. And really, I've turned my creativity into a career and able to really kind of design a life on my own terms and a business around a lifestyle, which has been awesome. But yeah, I mean, so like, so much time has gone into it. And I know some people, there's probably plenty of people who have no idea who I am. And I'm still, I still think I'm kind of at zero um, in my career as far as building things. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes people are like, well, you just popped out overnight. And I go, I agree. Overnight success takes 10 years yes. and so yes. um, yeah it's it's such a journey and I think it's like the sooner we get started too it's like done is better than perfect start before you're ready um, because it's we learn so much by doing wow and I started like listening to your content or looking at your content when I was starting my podcast and I was looking for recommendations and um, I think you did one with Louis House one of the recommendations yep. and I realized wow like his content is really awesome let me check more of his stuff and that's how I found out about it but now when I go back to your videos it since 2010 you've been putting out content and videos and it's not just about technology you've been putting content on wedding videos or you've been vlogging so you are trying different stream of content creation to find your niche so I'm 23 years old I am a very confused individual like I'm you know, still trying to find out what I want to do. Like I do full-time finance and on weekends I do podcasting and I have a lot of friends who want to find what they really want to do with their life. Right. So how can a 20 year old go about finding their purpose? Cause I feel like with you, you kind of were good at like creating content and you got opportunity, but like for someone who doesn't know what they really like, how can they go about finding that thing that they are passionate about? I think that, I mean, you kind of mentioned it and now I'm 33. And so, um, I think it can, it can happen for people at different times. Some people, I was just at an entrepreneur conference and there was a couple 19 year olds that I met who are crushing it in kind of their e-commerce business is, and they have a lot of clarity, but I didn't have that at all. I had no clue what I was doing mm -hmm. at 19, probably no clue what I was doing at 25. The, my biggest piece of advice is to try a lot of things. And I think that not only try a lot of things, but even try a lot of things in your industry. And so what I, when I look back, I just always, I said yes a lot. And this is, there's two, there's two seasons I think of people, people's lives. When you really get started getting very busy and somewhat successful, you need to start saying no more and mm -hmm. say, you know, yes, a lot less. But when you're just, just starting out or when you're trying to figure out what you want to do, I think you should say yes almost to everything. And so, I mean, I, I did ministry and I interned in my youth ministry and then I started that business, Clear Vision Media. And then I, I started saying yes to make commercials for like small Mexican restaurants in my small town an hour north of Seattle. And then I said yes to go shoot photos at a conference. And then I did some speaking and then I um, did some, you know, I did so many different things. And I also discovered, I, I remember I said yes to go edit in um, Bellevue to just work for a guy kind of freelance and I remember I hated it. I just remember he was a great guy, but I was using different software and I was like, okay, I, I, I know I even love video, but there's even aspects of video that I don't love as much. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't have got the clarity as to where my strengths were, what I loved the most, what my zone of genius was, if I hadn't have done a ton of different things. I was a uh, campus pastor for a multi-site church for a while. And that was a great season. It caused me to grow so much. I grew as a leader. It actually grew my heart as in compassion and just understanding people. And there was a certain level of, of, of maybe capability to do that. But more than anything else that I learned in that season was I actually had greater clarity to the end of that season of, of what I was most built to do and where my zone of genius was. In fact, my boss, if you will, the pastor, he asked me uh, during that, he said, Hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I said, you know, I feel like Michael Jordan playing baseball. <laughs> 
because and people forget that he you know he played baseball for a long time so he knew he loved basketball he tried even something different yeah. and he was a decent athlete you know and so he was a you know a competent baseball player but more than anything he had clarity like whoa basketball is more my thing and that came from doing something trying something experimenting which led to greater clarity and so now i I feel blessed that I've got a level of clarity and I still feel like I've got so much to go, but because of experimenting a ton, but then always finding more and more, it's fine. Like I didn't love this. I wasn't great at this. I, you know, didn't love this as much experiment a lot and, you know, journal throughout the time or be introspective throughout that time and then let it hone in into your zone of genius. Wow. And when you um, talk about faith a lot, even with your content, and I'm, I'm starting to like unravel my own faith, how has faith helped you to gain more clarity in life? I mean, I think for me personally, faith is everything. Um, just because at the, at the end of the day, I think we have a, our statement for video influencers. The uh, One of the YouTube projects that I'm working on is helping you build your influence and your income, and actually a story about that, because there's another piece, but for the first 12 months, that was actually the tagline. We said, helping you build your influence and your income with YouTube and online video. And it was actually about 12 months into it, about a year into it, where I think Benji and I were talking, and we were thinking about it, and we're like, you know, something's missing. And, and then the tagline just expanded to helping you build your influence, income, and impact with online video, which is a tagline to try to have clarity of the brand, but it's also like a personal mission. And we're talking about faith here. I think it's that impact word. It's that higher purpose word. It's that, that thing that's bigger than getting followers and bigger mm-hmm. than even building your income and, and, and wealth and whatever it is. And all these things that I feel like in our day-to-day lives, they're important. Mm-hmm. We need to be paying attention to them. But I know, uh, you know, in my heart that there is a higher power, you know, I know that there is a higher purpose, you know, for me being a Christian that that takes on, you know, a biblical worldview. But for me, it's everything because, again, I, I, all these day to day, I love I love like I love the nuance. I love Instagram. I love, you know, I love all these like day to day things. But when we get wrapped up in this, there's so much more. Mm-hmm. And I love that book. Start with why by Simon. Oh, I love that book, too. Such a great book. Yeah, yeah. And I think. There's the how you do, there's the what you do, but you know why you do it. And for me, when it comes to why, life really comes down to having a, a legacy, wanting to really make a difference mm-hmm. in people's lives and ultimately impact people. And so my faith is that is the driving force behind that. It, put, it puts purpose in business, puts purpose in relationships, but purpose, you know, it, it's, uh, it's everything. And, uh, and so that's kind of at my core. Did you always have it or is it your family that you, you know, learn from or is it something that you had to grow on your own or, you know, had to build your own relationship? Absolutely had to grow it on my own. I think everybody does. I think we're raised differently. So mm-hmm. sometimes we can encounter faith at different ages. Um, for me, I was kind of raised with a, in, in a Christian home, but it, it wasn't really personal until I actually went out and experimented and, and you could say left the faith uh, in my teenage years and kind of was just trying kind of other things. And, and I, I quickly found that for me, there wasn't fulfillment in that. And I found that my heart uh, kind of dried up pretty quick in that season. And, and for me, that drove me to go on a more personal journey and not just listen to what a pastor would say on Sunday and not even just listen to what my parents would say. But for me, that actually meant I, I went to, I did, I did, I did a one year a certificate in Bible in a college called Prairie Bible Institute in Canada. And it was kind of a weird thing to do because how would you hear about that school? Uh, my mom, some of her siblings went there, a lot of missionaries in my family. And that certificate in Bible was so life-changing because I read the Bible for myself. Yeah. I, I cover to cover. I saw, I got into those pages for myself. I did the research. I studied church history and history in general and even world religions. And I got, there was a depth that came out of that season. And that is really where uh, my faith was galvanized and it really became my own. And I do think that just as in anything, anything that we're ever going to really own ourselves, we have to invest in ourselves so we have equity. Otherwise, it's it could be just shallow, right? It's it's something like we inherit almost culturally, like our parents were Catholic, we're Catholic. It's mm-hmm. just kind of something we do, as opposed to maybe something that really becomes electrified, becomes like something that is very personal 
because we go on our own journey to forge that depth with God or in any area of life. Absolutely. I interviewed Mariano Rivera. He said, like, if I had to choose between my faith and baseball, I would always choose faith. And he's retired now and he has his own church. His wife is a senior pastor. He's a pastor as well. And and it's just so fascinating to see all these successful people. And you don't hear about it. But when you actually talk to them, you're like, wow, that's something that has driven them. Or that's their relationship with the higher power is something that actually helps them when it's difficult times. Absolutely. And it also, I feel like, you know, it's a certain, it's certain my worldview is that there is a creator and it, being a Christian that my faith is in uh, Jesus Christ. And one of my favorite verses is John 10, 10. And it says, talks about the enemy uh, comes to still kill and destroy, but God came, Jesus came to the earth so that we may have and enjoy life, even life to the full. And, and that verse talks about an abundant life. That's mm-hmm. one of the translations says this abundant life. And that, that, that pursuit of abundance for me, that means maximum abundance that was created in God's image to have maximum abundance when it comes to family, business, my health, mm-hmm. uh, how I treat other people, how we love people, the difference that we make, the causes that we're involved in, the impact that we make. And so, yeah, that, that identity is found for me in that worldview and in that literally, I mean, we're made in God's image. Mm-hmm. And, and so that to me paints a picture for a really awesome life. That's why I want, I believe in living to the full and, and trying to get the most out of life and, you know, the gusto, the fullness. And, and so pursuing that on a day-to-day basis imperfectly, of course, and falling short all the time, but yes, absolutely. And I do, I do think that, yeah, you're right. You mentioned different people. I found that as I've interacted with people who are achieving things or people that are doing kind of greatness, great and cool things, there's always so much depth there. I know people yeah. listening to this too. They, when they start thinking about it, they know what that is for them. Maybe they're searching for it, but there's always that, there's that internal drive. It has to be there. Otherwise, it wouldn't last because at the end of the day, the pursuit of, of money, mm-hmm. it's, it's not enough, in my opinion. It's it, it, it's a tool, mm-hmm. but it's not the end goal. You know, the pursuit of of whether it's like relationships or obviously sex is a driving force and different things for people. Those things, it, all those things, that, you know, are, are great things that exist in the world. But yeah, having that inner core drive in uh, in purpose, in legacy, in destiny, in our identity is uh, is huge absolutely and like even for me right my goal was always to make more money and like do finance and i graduated got my job in finance and like it got it gets to a point where there is i was living in manhattan with two of my best friends and you know as a 21 22 year old i was like living a good life and i would just come home and start crying because i didn't feel like i was living my life to the full potential i was, didn't feel like i was adding value to people's life and uh, like you said, like you can make money and you could have those million Instagram followers. But at the end of the day, when you look at yourself in the mirror, if you are not fulfilled with what you are creating or what you are giving back to the society or the world, then it's not worth it. I agree. I think the way we personally define success is, is important for, for us, you know, you, me, everybody listening. And with the funny thing, someone just asked me this on Facebook. They said, hey, what's your definition of success? I said, well, it's pretty simple if you're just asking. I don't even think he said, what is success to you? Or, or what does success mean? Is something like that. I said, well, success is just the achievement of a goal. I mean, that's simply what it is. It's different for everybody, actually. But success is like, hey, I, I want to – I'm in Vegas right now. Uh, like, hey, my wife, Sonia, do you want to go on vacation? Where do you want to go? Well, Walt Disney World. Where is it? Florida. All right. Well, when we get there, that was a successful mission. Where do we want to go? Walt Disney World. Once we arrive, we were successful. We arrived at our destination. It would be an unsuccessful vacation or trip if the plane got delayed, never made it, and we had to come home. That would be unsuccessful. And so, but figuring out that definition of success is everything because the worst thing any of us could do as humans is get to the top of the mountain only to realize we were climbing the wrong mountain. Oh my God. That just spoke to me. That's true. A lot of people are climbing the wrong mountain. Absolutely. And so, and, and I do think there's so many personal nuances. I mean, of course you have your convictions, I have mine, mm-hmm. but, but spending time thinking about that is huge because, um, yeah, there's, there's so much, I, I know you're an achiever. I'm an achiever. I know we're driven, you know, we want to achieve great things, but achieve the, the negative side of ambition is when it, it want, causes us to want to climb the ladder 
and not asking the question, what ladder are we actually climbing and why are we climbing it and what does it all mean? But, but anyways, yeah, uh, these things are, are, uh, things I try to think about often and use as guideposts as I check in, um, with myself and my family on the journey. Wow. Do you have like a morning routine where you reflect on this thing or do you do anything in the morning specifically? Yeah. You know, there was a book I read called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod that really did change my life. It, it, uh, it was a book that was – I heard him on a podcast just like this. And when I heard kind of what he was saying in his story about being broke and discouraged and in a situation where he was very overwhelmed, he realized that he was losing his mornings. Uh, that he was losing in the morning, that he was getting up, and that his day was dominating him. He wasn't dominating his day. And what he discovered was that if you win the morning, you win the day. Um, if you can win even by 8 or 9 or 10 a.m., even if the rest of the day falls to pieces, which happens all the time. I'm sure it happens for you. Uh -huh. You have you even hope things are going to happen. Your to-do list is there. None of it gets done, and things get worse. Like that happens to everybody. Absolutely. Like but today, if you've yeah, absolutely. Right. And, but if you've got a practice, if you've got a, a morning routine that's strong and you can feel kind of victory in that you've you've uh, made progress if you do in your morning routine. So for me, at this point, um, I get up pretty, pretty early, actually, not super early, I guess, usually like six and um, or seven or eight, you know, like <laughs> entrepreneur, whatever I want. But uh, but yeah, usually typically early. And I always drink water first. That's a huge thing. Hydration. Um, you, you haven't drinking water for eight hours throughout the night. You're going to yeah. be dehydrated, and so that's a hack that I learned to try to get that water first. I also drink green juice every day, and then I drink coffee too. Sometimes bulletproof coffee, and uh, I spend some time going through basically that book. Five minutes in silence. Five minutes uh, for me, it's prayer and devotions. I have a little Bible reading plan on my phone, and. Um, some some activity. I like to work out after work, like on, on real exercise, whether that's running or at the gym. But about 20 minutes of just stretching. I've got a little mini trampoline. I do the Tony Robbins thing where I like breathe right. and like put my – and I jump. He says it activates your limbic system. And so I, I try to stack a lot of hacks like this. But what's amazing is that as I go through this process, I go on a walk in my neighborhood and sometimes spend time just kind of thinking about the day or, uh, or in prayer. And then, um, I, then I like to read something that's not like a marketing book on Facebook ads or something, but I like to read something that's like Think and Grow Rich or maybe like a faith-based book. Right now I'm reading The Art of War by Sun Tzu for uh, the, uh, multiple times, but I'm in it again to kind of get my mind and strategy to kind of get my mind thinking. Sometimes it's just purely possibility thinking type mm -hmm. books. And then I spend time journaling a little bit capturing those thoughts and then planning my day. And I might spend 10, 20, even 30 minutes planning because if you fail to plan, <laughs> you plan to fail. Absolutely. Prior planning prevents poor performance. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Brian Tracy said every minute spent planning gives you like a 10x uh, return on the investment there and like a thousand X return on your energy. So making sure, okay, who are the people I need to check in with, my team, different people, what are the projects I'm working on, what are my priorities for the day. So all that happens in about an hour's time and then I'm just charged, I'm ready to rock and uh, again, there's some days where I'll, I'll be on, what I try not to do is check in on my phone. I, I actually, I need to leave my phone off during that time because studies have even shown that your productivity diminishes significantly if you check in first on your phone and also just the things that the negative sides of the phone. And I'm a social media guy. Like that's my job, YouTube, social media, but, but not checking in on your phone. You have such better mental clarity. Your happiness level is up. You're just not, there's, what are you going to find on there? Usually nothing good, right? You like emails to do, spires to put out, or like some negative comments on YouTube and maybe some positive stuff. But so really trying to not check on my phone. But I say all that because sometimes just like anybody else, I'm sure I've got the, the morning where I'm like, I don't want to stretch. Yeah. <laughs> and I just sit there. And I just look at my phone. I'm going through my feed. 
but that that is my target morning routine, and I'm I'm, I'm hitting it more and more, uh, really week after week. Wow, I think with checking the phone, it's like you get the hit of dopamine when you go on Facebook or your Instagram, and you just uh, you know you just feel good, right? Exactly. Yeah, there's it's scientifically proven, but it's not a good thing. Yeah. Um, I I really feel that one of the keys for success in the age we're living in is that if you don't dominate technology and media it will dominate you. And that's being seen right now. I mean, we're seeing loneliness increasing in millennials. Uh, their happiness is decreasing. And I, I don't blame technology. I actually don't think technology is sinister. I don't blame the phone. But what I do think is needed is a new skill set. These tools are game changers for opportunity, for building a business, building your income. These tools are incredibly powerful. But they're meant to be managed, not to be things that manage or dominate us. And I think that it will probably balance out. I mean, we know that maybe sitting down and watching your favorite TV show or Netflix show is a great, is a great relaxation time. Um, and, but watching a season of shows in one day is not the most productive day, <laughs> nor is it the best for your body, uh, your activity, your mind. And so it's an extremes thing. When TV came out, people probably thought that like this is going to just take over people's lives yeah. and like they're just going to sit there all day long and then eventually they did it. But then we get new things. And so, yeah, all of these things, especially to stay highly productive, effective and to accomplish your life's work and really to, to accomplish your purpose. I'm trying to learn that to, to, to do to learn how to manage technology. And what I'm trying to do is batch my checking in. Because what's funny is I don't need to be interrupted by Instagram. I shouldn't by 50 times a day. I could do all of the engaging and the replying just from 3 to 3.30 in the afternoon, just one chunk. And then other than that, turn the phone off. And I've been reading works like Deep Work is a great book talking about how a lot of people in society right now are stuck in shallow work. So they're not going to get the highest salaries. They're not going to get the highest jobs nor create really impactful content or really impactful ideas because they're stuck in shallow work because of technology and all those wow. things. So deep work, really creating an environment where your best ideas, your most creative thoughts, your best work can come to the surface. Well, I'll tell you that is not happening while you're multitasking. It's not happening while you're checking in on the internet. It's happening when you give yourself a focused uh, environment free from interruptions so that your best ideas, your best content, your true inner voice can come out in its full expression. I'm reading this book called One Thing and it talks about like multitasking is a myth and if you think about it, it's true. Like if you try to do two things at once, you're not going to do anything like well. But I want to ask more questions. So a lot of my listeners, they are in their early 20s or 30s and they want to start their own thing and most people probably want to be online influencer or you know want to have their own fan base so what is the best way to go about it and like you said you know most people might look at you and think about you like oh he's like an overnight success but looking back at your content you have been starting for years and you put in your 10 20,000 hours of work but for someone who's just starting out in youtube who's just starting out in social media what can they do to get to that next level? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is to probably experiment. I mean, it depends on where you are and kind of like we mentioned on, on figuring out your passion. Uh, if my path, there's, there's two things. Mm -hmm. Number one, two options. Path one is the experimental path. And that's the path that I went on. What people don't realize is now with about with two successful YouTube channels, they don't know that there's about six that are out there and four of them didn't work. Wow. And it was those first four though that actually prepared me for the two that did work and that was just experimentation. That's why I tell people. Did you ever just feel like giving up though? Uh, did I feel like giving up? Sure. There's plenty of times where I was like, it's not happening, it's not working. You know, I actually think that, it's a great question, but I think everybody, one time or another, no matter who it is, who you look up to, what guru, what influencer it is, I think everybody feels like giving up from time to time. The key is that you just don't. Like, I mean, you even if you have a bad day, you can have a bad week. There's been times where, I mean, depression is a real thing. Yeah. Overwhelm is a real thing. But I think also just the knowledge that it's it's seasonal. Even feelings, that's a it's a temporary thing. Hopefully you could get out, you know. Do you feel like giving up today? Sure. But uh, maybe take a nap and just start again tomorrow. You know, tired eyes rarely see a bright future. And so, uh, but for me, yeah, I definitely felt like giving up, but it was that experimentation, all these videos, experimenting on different channels, learning, and then 
It was experimenting and learning. The key in that season, if you're on path one, is experiment a lot and learn a lot. And for me, that meant reading every book on the topic, uh, topics I was passionate about. It meant going to conferences. It meant investing in programs. It meant um, getting mentorship and mentorship through podcasts or through trying to, you know, just do a Q&A at an event or a f- official kind of membership, uh, mm. me- mentorship. But that's kind of path one, experimenting. And it was through the process of learning and doing that I kind of refined my message, discovered my voice, you know, figured out my niche and that that was really uh, helpful. But path two is if you do have clarity, because some people listening may, might have clarity. They mm. might say, I love fitness. I'm already a personal trainer. I love a certain kind of fitness. Well, then that's what your YouTube channel should be about. Like if you know my friend, um, one of, a person that's part of one of our programs named Miguel, just launched a channel. Him and his wife make music together. He has He's done music theory. He's uh, done leading bands. He's done all this different stuff in music, and he knows a lot about the keyboards, the software, these different things. And so he started a YouTube channel sharing his answers about how to – create, use VSTs, which is the term of some of the software, how to make certain sounds, how to mix, how to set up your office. He's doing great. Started from scratch, but he knew his space through our course and whatnot. He kind of refined that message a little bit so that it was sticky. So it was understandable from people, but that's the other path. Some people do know what they, they know they love cooking. Laura Vitale, we had her in video influencers, now a best-selling author, 2 million subscribers. She just knew she was a chef at uh, a restaurant. And she's working and then so she's like, I'm just going to take this on YouTube. If you've got clarity, you're saying what is the best way to maybe build, become an influencer? Um, if you have clarity, then start building up it, things up around a specific niche. If you don't know what your niche is yet, experiment so that you can find that niche. Either path is okay. You just kind of have to determine where you are. And then the other thing I would say is the experiment also on modalities unless you have cl- clarity on your favorite modality. What I mean is either writing, audio, or video. You know, I think I personally like YouTube the best. That's what I teach. That's what I help people with. But some people love audio more like they're, and that's, that's where they, they've got, they don't feel, they don't want to be on camera, but they love audio. Some people are incredible writers. And so books, eBooks, blogging, that's their space. And so I think people listen, they might instantly know that. So Pat one, you don't know that experiment. Mm-hmm. Try them all. I've, I have blogged a little bit. I don't really like it. I tried, you know, I guess audios. We've thought about doing a podcast, but I found like this zone for video and that's my hit my history. So that's a good video. If you already have clarity about that, do those two things, niche down, niche down, and then really put a plant a flag in the modality. Mm-hmm. So start a podcast or start a blog mm-hmm. or start an Instagram account. And there it might be, you love photography plus style and design, you have like a chic aesthetic or whatever it is. It's a real place to build influence. If you're passionate about it, you've got clarity that that's the place to do it. You know what your account's going to be about. Go all in and just start building it up and then keep learning as you go. Wow. Question. Um, You're so humble. I mean, I've met other influencers as well, but like there are people who would like cancel last minute or there are people who would give you a date and say yes and just never answer. And I think that's so unprofessional and i feel like if someone is building um something from the scratch they should understand like value of time and everything and and you being someone who's like has so many businesses and so many channels you you know like you still like listen to chase jarvis or you still like put in time to go to other channels and like find people and like try to reach out to them and that to me is just doing your homework and not getting comfortable with what you have built. So like, how do you have that hunger even when yeah. you are so successful and have already created what you want to create? That's a great question. You know, I appreciate you saying that. And I think uh, when it comes to being hungry, when it comes to being humble, uh, for me, the humility thing, I, I, it, it's, it's hard to say, cause it's kind of weird to like describe my own humility. Oh, thank you for saying that. But you know, I think on the humility side, probably one is putting things in perspective where um, I don't – the only person I'm competing against is myself. Sure, I'm human and I look at my peers and I look at other people around and I, just, I think, like, you know, you get that FOMO. You can – social media is the worst for that stuff. You <laughs> oh, yeah. look at what other people are doing. And, of course, all people ever share is their highlight reel. Nobody ever shares their blooper reel or – 
great influencers actually do share their blooper reel because they understand that it's authenticity and real and rawness that truly resonates with people over the long term. But but nevertheless, I think one thing is being anchored that uh, we talked about, you know, my faith. And I think it's that in my perspective, I, I realize like it's just I'm just grateful to be alive. I realize, too, that under my worldview, that apart from God's grace, um, I just don't I don't just, you know, I don't take anything for granted. I try not to because I just view it in perspective of feeling that I'm unworthy without God's grace, but I'm worthy because of who he says uh, I am and what uh, Christ has done, you know, and that's the Christian faith. So I think there's a level of humility that can come there. And then I think, you know, staying hungry, though, is also just the power of broke, which, uh, you know, I haven't read that book, but that mentality where I try to always um, just kind of reset my thinking to zero every day. I try to not um, let it's, it's about the journey. It's about the climb. I don't just want like an accolade. I love the process. I love the journey. I think lifelong leaders are lifelong learners. So I believe I can learn something from everybody, not just gurus. Every person at every level has a nugget that I can learn from them. But if I get prideful or I think I know it all, then I'm going to stop learning. And that's going to be the quickest. Yep. I'm going to – you want success to stop, get prideful. I think also, too, studying history. And that's, you know, for me, studying the Bible, uh, pride comes before the fall. Wow. And so it's when we get overconfident – it's when we start kind of drinking our own Kool-Aid so much, and we've seen it happen, repeat it, you know, history repeats itself, that that's never a recipe for someone who's about to really just do well. That's usually the step before um, things falling apart. And, and I think I try to stay really grounded. I think I also think relationships are key to staying both humble and hungry um, and having people that could speak into your life and kind of keep you in check. And some people might not even raise their voice. I ask for it. Uh, there's people in my life that I trust that'll say, you know, we'll talk about your husband. You ask your wife, you know, she'll, she'll tell you if you give that invitation, you open that door. Hey, and I think, I think having accountability to, to others to keep kind of us in check because we all have blind spots. And yeah, I mean, I think probably understanding that pride is not a, a recipe for success in my book. So even there is a practical side of that. And, um, and I think it's also, I try to probably emulate what I resonate with the most. I never am inspired by people who are full of themselves. Um, I'm never inspired by people who it's all about them. <laughs> and it's interesting as we talk about my faith uh, or our faith too, you know, one of the things that is awesome in the Bible from who I believe to be the greatest leadership teacher, Jesus, uh, and the greatest teacher in a lot of areas. But when I look at, I look at the Bible as the greatest success book ever written too. I look at the Proverbs. That's one of the things I do daily is I read a Proverbs every day. There's 31. That's one for every day of the month. Read the, read the book. I think the best book on success is the book of Proverbs. And, but one of the things Jesus said was, he said, if any of you desires to be great. And what was interesting there was sometimes people that are kind of pious, kind of, kind of religious, they actually think that ambition, the pursuit of greatness, the pursuit of achieving great things, hustling, sometimes they think that that's not spiritual, that the spiritual thing to do is to just kind of back off and just kind of live a humble life and, and just be quiet. And I don't, I don't see that there. What's interesting is that Jesus, he said, he said that, he goes, if any of you desires to be great, and he did not condemn greatness, if any of you desires to be great, even kind of saying that that's a good desire, mm -hmm. desiring greatness, that could be desiring to be known, desiring wealth, desiring – but, but here's what he said. If any of you desires to be great, then make yourself a servant. Mm -hmm. And he said the greatest among you will be a servant uh, of all. And he talked about himself coming and being the servant of all. So that's – if I thought about my, the ultimate model or person I look up to, I, I'm inspired by so many people, so many modern entrepreneurs from all kind of different, you know, walks of life and people that I look up to. But ultimately, my ultimate, you know, model would be Jesus himself, right, as much as possible, especially for most people who would, you know, be a Christian. So saying that, I think, okay, wow, like, be a servant. And so for me, that servant position is a choice and a decision that we have to make all the time. And that's a humble position. 
he talked about where he washed his disciples' feet, and that was that's gnarly. Like that's that's putting you. You're a king. You're you're the greatest. You're you you just you know obviously I'm speaking outside of uh, in modern terms, but maybe you just came in. You got the red carpet treatment. You came in. Uh, you got you know escorted in a limo from the airport to the venue, and you're the keynote, and everyone wants to hear from you, and yet you're the one who got down on your knees and wash someone else's feet even the people on your team mm -hmm. your staff you know like the people who are lower than you on mm -hmm. the corporate ladder and i think that that mentality I, I i personally am aspiring to be anchored in that to just say like okay i'm a servant and if you get up every day with your heart to serve your yeah. team customers fans your community your audience whatever it is and you position yourself I think that's a it's it's a, not only is it a good position, maybe if we get into the uh, the deeper meaning of life mm -hmm. and, and those things. But it's also just it's the best place to be in business, wow. a business that wants to serve its customers. Right. A business that wants to help people and wants to add more value mm -hmm. than you take from people. Those are some of my core values. And I think that helps you stay humble and also keeps you hungry. That's such a good mindset. And my grandma used to always say, a tree that has a lot of fruits is always bended down. So, I love that's such a great, it's a good picture. Such right? a great picture, right? And a tree's fruit is not even that wealth for themselves, although mm -hmm. a tree that's full of fruit is, is wealthy. But who's the fruit for? It's actually serving other people. All the abundance that tree is experimenting Absolutely. is not going to be eaten by the tree, but it's going to be consumed and add value to the people who get to benefit and experience that tree. Absolutely. And you talked about your course. So if I or some of my listeners want to join your course, where should we go and find you? Well, the best place is probably tubemasterclass.com. That's T-U-B-E, masterclass, because what it is, it's a, that's, this is free. So that's actually a training. Uh, it's about an hour long. And that's where I break down the uh, five biggest strategies for growing your influence your audience, and ultimately creating a side part-time or full-time income on YouTube. Okay. And I just break down exactly how I do it. At the end of that, there's an opportunity to join our course called Video Ranking Academy. And so for anybody you know that would want to go to another level, they can just know that that's, that that's there. But for everybody, if they just want, I mean, no strings attached for sure. Like if they want to consume, you know, some of my best information, as much as I can just give value, serve mm -hmm. first, mm -hmm. you know, an hour to see also too, to maybe just experiment to, to uh, there's a, a lot of current stats, a lot of incredible things shared on there mm -hmm. too, that just help people see what's possible with YouTube, whether starting from scratch and growing a personal brand or kind of maybe growing a hobby channel mm -hmm. or adding it to your current business or brand. You know, if you already have something happening, YouTube could be like gasoline Absolutely. on your fire if you do it right. And um, I mean, I've been following you as well. And you've had like, it's not, you're not just talk. You've actually gained like hundreds of thousands of followers in just a year. So you have experimented yourself. So I think I personally will definitely check it out as well. Definitely. And not only that, what's, uh, what I'm, I think, most proud about is that, yes, I'm, I'm definitely a case study myself. But there's so many students. We've had a couple students that have gone full time. I mean, they from scratch. They joined the program, and again, that's not an overnight thing. We launched the program uh, beginning of uh, about March 2015, mid mid 2016, I should say. And so it's it's about a year old now. We're rolling out uh, 2.0, and anybody that enrolls in the program, it gets kind of like that lifetime at this point, kind of lifetime. But to say that in about a year's time. Uh, one example is Justin Coe, and and he started a channel, and he's he's full time. Like it's crazy. He's he, he like he just went through it. He followed the steps. A lot of other people sometimes they're uh, you know maybe a mom or uh, or a student or somebody who kind of would love to rather than work a part time job doing something they don't enjoy a ton. We'd love to figure out how to make just part-time income or some extra $100, $500, $1,000 a month leveraging the power of YouTube and some uh, online income streams that you can generate from that, whether it's brand deals and sponsorships, YouTube ads, affiliate marketing, all these different things. We cover that at tubemasterclass.com. But, um, but yeah, it's been cool. That's what I'm most proud about. I think uh, you know, a teacher at heart, the greatest thing that teacher could ex experience is real transformation and results. In, uh, in students. And so I'm blown away by some of the things that um, 
members of our programs or just members of our community who are just kind of watching some of our free training. They're crushing it, getting results. It's really cool. That's amazing. And it's so hard to find a genuine teacher nowadays. Like you just have so much noise and very little wisdom. So I think it's good to have someone who actually has been experiencing and experimenting for a long time and created a program for people. And I know you read a lot. So if you had to recommend three books, what would it be? Uh, that's a great question. I, you know, let me ask you this. We could kind of go back and forth on this. The best question anybody listening could ask when it comes to what book should you read next is what skill do you need to develop in your life the most that would move you to the next st stage? If maybe you're shy, and this, this would be one of the recommendations. In fact, this is for everybody. But if maybe you are not the best with people, Everybody should read How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a yeah. classic, but the reality is if you lose with people, you lose, yeah. period, in every area of life. Mm -hmm. like, so, so like that's one. Like, so there's definitely certainly classics, but then I think other areas, like for, if somebody was like, you know, I'm trying to market my business and figure out like how to get more leads or something, well, you might want to read a book on Facebook ads or, or some modern marketing techniques. But the other um, book that I would really recommend – as a couple of books is uh, John Maxwell, one of my favorite authors, and any of his laws books are essential. Uh, the the laws of leadership, the laws of teamwork, these are same same thing. People that eventually everybody listening would need to do. I think when we grow as a leader, everything we touch will grow. Our relationships, our team, even leading ourselves. The mm -hmm. first person that any every leader, somebody might say, "I'm not a leader." Well, you're declaring. That's something horrible over yourself because the first person everyone needs to lead well is themselves. Um, but the laws of leadership, teamwork, and then the laws of growth, the, his newest laws book, those are, those are classics in my opinion already. Those are really great books. And then the last thing is I've really fallen in love with Audible um, and audiobooks yeah. because – not just because it's, it's a cool way to consume content, but I've also really been on a personal transformation journey health-wise. My 20s, I really neglected my health, um, and I for working, and I like I was probably overscheduled. But honestly, I could have found the time, mm -hmm. and I just didn't. And I do regret that. But I've been recovering it. And one ways I one of the things I've fallen in love with is running. But a lot of people say running is boring, and I, I might agree. Like it, I think it could be boring. But where I found that it became so powerful is through regaining audio content, listening to podcasts like yours, listening to audiobooks. So now like I just kind of zone out. And so I'm getting like the maybe athletic benefits. Mm -hmm. But as an entrepreneur, I find that also, you know, your brain's getting all this oxygen and all this blood, your creative ideas mm -hmm. are like really beginning to flow and you're consuming inspirational educational content. Yeah. And one of those uh, programs, it's a book, but I think it's best as an audio program. I don't know if it even is a book is Jim Rohn, The Power of Ambition. And it's kind of old school sounding. It's kind of funny at times. Um, but man, is that a great audio program. And so something like that, I put it on like 1.25 speed or 1.5 speed, which talks a little faster yeah. while you're running. But that program and a lot of other great audio books um, are on there. And so mostly I recommended classics. I'm usually reading a lot of current things. But I think that there's so much value to gain out of uh, some of these uh, really solid books that are pretty well known. So funny because I'm training for a marathon and I'm running this November. And I mean, I'm, I'm not a runner, but I, I'm running for a charity that is helping Sherpas in Everest space, like around Everest area. So, I mean, I have to do it. So I listen to books and I've already listened to 20 of them and I do like 1.5 or 2.0. And before you know it, it's gone. And I might not get all the content by the same time. Like, you know, you have information in your subconscious mind. And sometimes you say something like really smart and you're like, wow, where did that come from? And I agree. That's awesome. That, that's inspiring to hear that you're saying that. I'm not going to run a marathon in November, but I've signed up for a half marathon here in uh, the rock and roll Las Vegas. So I'm training for that. Uh, but that's super inspiring. A marathon is no joke. That is it's a, not. that's a lot of running. But I ran nine miles last week and... I was sore for two days, but I think it's doable. I love that. One of the uh, hacks, so co-founder of Video Influencers, Benji Travis, I learned this from him. And uh, what he does, to so he just did a marathon. He's doing a couple halves this year. He is a very advanced runner. He's very fast. 
And um, one of the things he does, though, to recover fast that I took him up on, although it's awful, this is horrible, but it's a, it's a cool hack, is he um, goes to the grocery store, the gas station. He buys two two-pound bags or 10-pound bags of ice, so like $6 worth of ice. And he fills up a bathtub, and he dumps that ice in the bathtub. And then and he's got a bathtub of wheat here at my house here in Vegas. We've got a bathtub in the shower. You turn the shower on hot, the bathtub uh, is freezing once you put that ice water in there. And you go 60 seconds in, then you go hot, you go 60 seconds in. And it's kind of like a uh, – you do it about five times. It's kind of like a cryotherapy slash it really uh, – it causes your muscle. It gets rid of the lactic acid. Okay. And so you recover a lot faster. It's like you wake up the next day. You're like, well, I could go again. Normally, you might have a, a recovery day. It does take away a lot of soreness, but it is great. It's, it's the worst. It's uh, – Wow, thank you. I was looking for something like that. And Tony Robbins talks about it too. I went to his event a few weeks ago, UPW in New York, and New York, New Jersey, and he talks about like taking cold shower and going on hot showers, stuff like that too. So yeah, it totally wakes up your system. He does, you know, cryotherapy, and so I call that kind of uh, ghetto cryotherapy. <laughs> it's, it's six bucks, and so after um, I, when I train, after I do a long run, I just hit the gas station on the way home, and I do that, and I feel great the next day. And the recovery is massively acceler accelerated. Absolutely. I know you're busy. Uh, we're supposed to go for 30 minutes, but it's almost an hour. But I want to ask last question. What's your definition of courage? Uh, well, I've never been asked that question before. And the first thing that came to me was a quote from John uh, Wayne. And I don't know if he even said this, but he's known as a classic. My stepdad, Phil, loved him. He was in all these old cowboy movies. And he said, I think courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyways. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, my def is probably just taking it from what others have said, but that courage is not the absence of fear. It's just the decision to move forward in spite of fear. And so my, my definition of courage is, is doing um, what you know you need to do, even though you might be afraid to do it, you uh, uh, are, don't feel like doing it, um, you're scared to death. It's maybe the discipline to just to just do it anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and and I think, uh, yeah, that would be my definition of courage. Thank you so much, Sean. Thanks for having me. Hey, you guys. Thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. I really, really appreciate your time. And if you enjoyed this episode, then make sure to subscribe because every single week I will come up with awesome and epic interviews like this one. And do not forget to check out my website, limitlessgrid.com, for show notes.